Divisive issues contains language unsuitable for children and adults and anyone who doesn't want spoilers. Look, just don't listen to this, okay? Just just don't. Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. We're back. We're back for the funeral. Previously on Divisive <laughs> Issues, Superman got beat to death by Doomsday. Like we said, spoilers, Superman dies and death of Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we're now we're doing funeral for a friend. Spoilers. Spoilers. It's a funeral for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Or as the tree calls it, World Without a Superman. Spoilers. It's World Without a Superman. <laughs> yeah. Guys, you want to tone down the spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like fucking Game of Thrones podcast here. <laughs> but um, just because uh, we already covered like the intro to to this, instead of having lore, we're gonna go into the backstory we skipped over last time because I assumed it was gonna be important. I didn't read this part this part of this trilogy yet Death Return of Superman so I didn't know how important Guardian Dubulex <laughs> Dubulex are we gonna be but because like Dubulex showed up in uh, Death of Superman uh, I don't even think we mentioned him in the episode uh, I did Dara mentioned because he assisted so much like Dara was like Dubulex guys wait he's a DNA alien haha <laughs> isn't that good <laughs> so I mentioned uh, Cadmus that uh, weird shield like secret organization but uh, they have these things called DNA aliens in there. <laughs> and not only do they have DNA aliens, they also have uh, Guardian. Guardian was a Jack Kirby creation, like I mentioned last time. But like, just when I say he's a Captain America ripoff, I, I did not realize how much of a Captain America ripoff. Because he literally was, he, he died and was cloned by Cadmus, just like how Captain America was from uh, like the World War II era and frozen. And, and his weapon of choice is a shield. Yeah, so he's like, he's like just... Jack Kirby was like phoning and complete, like this shitty character. He doesn't throw a shield. Since last episode, I looked up some panels from Guardian, and there's one where he picks up Captain America's shield and he goes, nah, this doesn't seem right. And then he gets his <laughs> regular shield instead. He's like, much better. <laughs> and I did not even realize how shitty uh, Guardian was because I did not realize the Newsboy Legion were his supporting cast. And just to explain Newsboy <laughs> Legion, because I thought they were just a bunch, because I thought, I knew they were Jack Kirby characters, but I thought they were all lumped together uh, in a way to pay tribute to uh, Jack Kirby, but no, they were all part of Guardian's lore. But basically, when Guardian got res- was cloned and resurrected, so was the Newsboy Legion, because you know, when you resurrect uh, Captain America, you have to resurrect his fucking paper boys that are falling around. That's... <laughs> so yeah, we haven't talked about the Newsboy Legion at all. They're just a bunch of stupid paper boys. Like, just to, just to make this clear for the readers, uh, if you're going to read this, um, None of this is clear from reading this comic. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I'm reading this and this Newsboy Legion busted, and they're like, "We're the Newsboy Legion. We're the clones of the original Newsboys. We're here to whatever." I'm like, "What? And Who was the original Newsboys?" That's way to compare this, in my opinion. Is imagine you're watching Captain America two, and all of a sudden the little rascals show up. <laughs> yeah, they're more part of the cast. And one of them is in a scuba suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like when I read it, they're just basically like the BK kids from like the early nineties. <laughs> and the original Newsboy Legion from the forties are grown up scientists now, and they have the same names as the clones, so it's really, really annoying. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But yes, but, but Newsboy Legion and Dublex was like an a DNA alien that works at Cadmus. Wait, so are the scientists in Cadmus in this comic the Newsboy Legion originals? Yeah. 
I have no idea. <laughs> and uh, at least we, we briefly mentioned Supergirl is a shape-shifting alien in the last part. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't want to do this comic anymore. <laughs> and Lex Luthor is a tall, buff guy with a huge beard and, like... Red. Fire red beard. Oh, so is is the shape-shifting alien actually female, though? Because Lex Luthor is constantly like, lovely. I love you so much. You're You're so hot. And she's just like... Sometimes she's this shriveled prune alien man. And sometimes she's uh, super. Does girl. it matter, Phil? Fascist. Yeah, are you a fucking uh, uh, judgmental? Like, I should. I shouldn't assume shape-shifting alien's gender. I know, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> you, you. Uh, what if what if Luke was gay? Like, is that a big problem? Like, what no. If, also, also, not? what if she identifies as female? That's fine. Yeah, well, exactly. What if it's female but that doesn't female? Okay. Fine. But but just to explain, uh, Supergirl. Basically, this is one of the biggest problems. With, this is why Cadmus is here too. Superman has a problem where there's um, the divide between fans like me. Who want to make Superman modern and relevant? I'd say all four of us don't yeah. want this bullshit in here. I know but you, you like you like Silver Age more than I do. Like, no, but you, I like Super- it in the Silver Age. I don't like it now. But you like like All Star Superman and all that shit. Like this is great. I love when the fucking double aliens from Planet Mars show up and like start fucking up Superman's dad and shit. How can you be a double alien? The same way you can be a DNA alien. I like it when it's called for and appropriate in a story like this. Keep it separate. <laughs> but uh, but yes, but a lot, a lot of fans like us. We want we want to keep Superman like modern relevant, but a lot of people want to uh, keep that old school, uh, the old Silver Age sh- uh, shenanigans. Yes, shenanigans is such a good way to put it. Yeah, but like, uh, like the Legion and all that shit. That's that's Silver Age Jack Kirby and Supergirl is, is another uh, 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 weird uh, political issue in, in comics. Where in the eighties they killed off the original Supergirl, the one you know by watching the TV show Kara. They killed her off because there was there was a huge divide over whether Superman should be the last Kryptonian or not, and a lot, a lot of people like Superman's one of the, the one character where people are seriously divided. Like they will not accept any Superman other than the one they want. So they had a compromise where okay, we'll bring back Supergirl, but she won't be an alien. And they say no, but you can't make her this. Say, okay, she's not even she doesn't even really look like Supergirl. She's a fucking uh, look like a fucking jelly bean. Uh, <laughs> like like they they, they compromise so much to make yeah. this weird fucking. And like we mentioned that a little last time, but it's so much more jarring here because like it was much easier to ignore in death. And here yeah. it's a lot harder. She's a main yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. That's one reason why I find this book weaker than, than Death, where Death, the story is about Superman. Now, uh, Funeral for Friends is about supporting cast, and supporting cast is really weird. I think this comic, from, after finishing it today, was like, these it's like the, the best, these comics were like the best and worst of comics. Yeah. It's like, yeah. such good moments, but it's, it's just muddied by like this trash that yeah. is like... <laughs> I think it's 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 like Sly and Ryan said that it's about a lot of growing pains between trying to leave behind all the goofy stuff from the earlier ages and try and bring out like more of a modern spirit and like analyze and look at what the death of Superman means. But then you just yeah. you just fill it with all this nonsense and these underworlders and these newsboys, and it it just <laughs> like it it pushes me off as someone that yeah. would get into comics. Yeah, because you said you said this one it, like isn't about Superman, but like the good scenes in here are about Superman, even though he's not here. It's like yeah. one of those stories where like his absence speaks louder than uh, you know, like him being here, because yeah. the way it affects his absence affects everyone mm-hmm. is a real testament to his character, and those are the best parts of this of this arc. But there's also the fucking Goonies running around with aliens. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's get into this finally. Okay, all right. So, so as Sly mentioned, it's both. Funeral for a friend or World Without a Superman. It's whatever. Creative team is basically the same as last time. But I think Carl Kessel. Carl Kessel joins in. 
and everyone else looks pretty much the same. Yeah. So it starts exactly where the last one left off with Superman in Lois's body. What? <laughs> Superman in <laughs> his arms. Oh, Superman's body in Lois's arms. What revisionist history are you reading? <laughs> so, yeah. Does somebody make a Freaky Friday? <laughs> oh no! Now I'm Lois. Uh, you That's know, a twist. That's how Superman comes back. He's actually Lois's body. Off recording, I'm always like, I'm so bad at reading it, and they're like, No, you're fine. And then I make it like eight words, and I'm just a fucking moron. <laughs> Wait, are we skipping? The, we're skipping the Justice League stuff. Yeah, really? uh, we can briefly mention. I would uh, like to mention it a little bit. Uh, Ryan mostly talked about the last issue where Justice League more and Superman's death. Uh, it it, it it helps to answer that question, like because I, I was feeling this during like reading the death of Superman. Like, where where's a lot of the other superheroes? And and you see a lot of his closest friends show up, like Flash. Be like, I can't believe I wasn't here while he was going and saving everyone, basically. I mean, technically, it doesn't answer specifically what they were doing at the time. It's just all of them, like, regretting that they were too late to do anything about what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's not actually saying, like, I was off doing this. Yeah, because when you guys said last time, it's like, Bill, don't worry, like, they cover that. It was just them being like, oops. But I mean, like, in in more of, like... We didn't meant, like, they cover it, like... Oh, uh, parentheses, uh, I was fighting off the Doomslayer in, uh, in uh, Ghost City. Yeah, like, that would be really boring to read yeah. if Flash is like, I was in issue 95 of my book. I at least wanted to know what Flash was doing, the fastest man alive that he couldn't show up to save Superman. He's the only one I was confused about. <laughs> At this point, Mark Wade had just started his run, so read that. It's way better. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, Flash, whenever he's twice, he goes, uh, gets trapped in time and shit like that. So it's not <laughs> out of the ordinary that he would not be able, a little bit not be able to even be in our time. All right, fair point. Maybe he was trapped in <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, he wasn't. He didn't get trapped in time until 1996, but that's besides. Well, not fair <laughs> anymore. Fuck you, you're, trying, you're trying to explain this shit, you can't. You can't. Plot hole. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, as, uh, as Phil pointed out, it's just like the entire, like, all the Justice League different cast members showing up. And then the, um, the Oberon is his name? Yeah, Ryan's favorite character. <laughs> yeah, he does this really cool thing where he's like, I'm not really good with words, but I can at least, like, this is my sign of honoring him, and he makes armbands that have the superman logo that all of the heroes put on their arms uh, actually the entire dc universe wore those armbands for a couple months so like i'll be reading batman comics from like right before bane shows up and batman will have the armband on it was just a cool thing that like dc did line wide it's a very probably that we're talking about armbands uh considering our recent political news and <laughs> well i think it reminds me a lot of like if you guys have been following like the safety pin thing mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like it doesn't actually do anything but it's like a show of solidarity and, just like, like just like trump's future armbands they don't actually do anything <laughs> but they'll be symbol for other the people he'd be deported i'm trying to keep it more <laughs> yeah. on the positive side but you know what i mean like it's just it was yeah. a cool thing that all that even if you weren't reading superman obviously you heard that superman died so like you'd pick up a wonder woman issue and she would be showing solidarity with like the people that were mourning his death and stuff. Yep, it's a cool yeah, touch. That's cool. And also one thing to point out, uh, Guard Guardian's like, fuck Superman, he's a lame or he died to doomsday. Then at the end, he takes one of the armbands on your way. And he does, yeah. he thinks to himself, like, uh, during the issue, like, what does he say? He said, doomsday caved me in. But you took him down. Yeah, he's like, I can respect yeah. you for that. Yeah. He's still a bratty piece of shit. Though. Yeah, yeah he's... it's the classic, like, tough ass. And 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 I'm even saying this ironically, uh, Guy Gardner actually is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he is. I love assholes. I love that fucking <laughs> shitty Ryan Kid character in the first part. I would just at this point like to uh, shout out to JC on Twitter who pointed out that JC that Guy Gardner even at the funeral and everything still has his stupid bowl cut and he should really have gotten a grown up haircut for this serious story. <laughs> 
Okay, so can I get into this now? Yes, let's do this. (laughs) So Superman's body is in Lois Lane's arms. Good, good job. (laughs) Now say next words, Ryan. And it's basically the exact. It's the exact scene we left off on. Where you know the her- some heroes and some police officers are just like no he can't be dead and other guys have like big guns uh, aimed at Doomsday thinking that like we don't know is is he dead we don't know anything about this guy like did he move and I do really like this dichotomy of like they're trying to mourn but also realize like we don't know anything about what this crazy thing that just happened is yeah they're still yeah. in fear. Uh, and Dubalex shows up and mind reads Doomsday. My boy Dubalex. He just looks like a gray alien with like two horns. Uh, he has two two orange horns. What a color! <laughs> yeah. And like like later he says about how he's a mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but he says Doomsday is uh, his mind is empty. While Lois starts freaking out, saying, "You guys are worrying about Doomsday, we're about all this, but Superman's fucking. We, we were all assume Superman's already dead. Why don't we fucking help him?" Yeah, right we got to do something to bring him back. And Jimmy Olsen's like, "Even Dubalex says he's dead. <laughs> the expert on everything." Uh, Guardian starts kissing Superman's <laughs> body, and then <laughs> no, he has to give him mouth to mouth. He kneels down to give him CPR, and the Guardian says, "Ugh, his lungs are like steel tanks. All I've got doesn't even get a rise out of his chest." So Guardian tries to give him CPR and just fails. Which is yeah, a reoccurring is... theme with Guardian. Well, whenever Guardian shows up, you don't have to exp- add the words he fails. You can just assume. Like you can just say he's attempting something, and then the assumption is he fails. Here's a question I had for you, comic fans. Uh, I know Sly gets triggered by comic science, but, but oh my god, please don't! I I beg you, Phil, can we not? Look, no, we're not going to talk about the science, but but I just wonder, like, are Kryptonians like? Is there a reason that they look? Literally identical to humans and anatomically, even though they're like so different. Because uh, Krypton was the same distance from their red sun as we are from our yellow sun. So in like Marvel lore, like DC lore, all beings develop very similarly. Uh, no, in DC, first of all, it's DC lore. I mean, it's Second DC, of all, whatever. Uh, and like in a lot of versions, at least in the movie, especially, uh, they they point out like when they when they planned a place for Superman to live in, they planned one that like they searched the entire galaxy for a planet. And then they found one that looked, looked exactly like Kryptonian, so that way when he grows up, he won't be able to uh, free. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. not too bad of an explanation. Yeah. I was wondering, like, when they were, like, you know, dealing with this body, it's like he's so human, even though he's his skin can't be pierced by anything. And it's like, it, it just struck me as odd. But I guess if they look... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they picked it for that reason. So Dan Turpin, the like tough guy cop, finds Supergirl's wrinkly purple <laughs> yeah, raisin yeah, body. It's like this raisin. <laughs> she looks like one of those California raisins, if you remember yeah. from the nineties. She's even purple and everything. Yeah. And then big buff Lex Luthor comes and he's like, Don't worry, I'll take care of you, my love, and carries away this like old little raisin alien. <laughs> and he starts kissing her. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for assuming before. <laughs> And you can love a raisin man. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. As, as long as you, as long as you learn and look. Hey, back we on don't it. want to yuck anybody's yums, you know. <laughs> so, so meanwhile, the the police are trying to like use what are those things called EKG paddles or whatever yeah. they're called De- defibrillators. Yeah, defibrillators to like shock him, and they're putting the voltage up so high that the paddles are like melting because they're just. And also, uh, Guardian's also uh, actually here because they're, 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 one guy makes a comment saying. Oh, we keep this the fib up. We're gonna melt the paddles. And Gorn's just yelling at the guy, saying, "They're melting the blasted paddles. We keep at it." Just starts yelling at this EMT guy. Melt the paddles all over his skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like kill yourself because this is electricity going through it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not... 
And then uh, Lois is just like totally like lost. She's like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do about Clark. Like nobody knows that he's Superman. Oh God, his parents saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. And Cat Grant, her like rival reporter. And also Cat Grant was the interviewer in the last issue, the one who interviewed Superman. Yeah, Clark she show. was actually an ex-girlfriend of Clark Kent's as well. Oh. And, yeah. yeah. And she's on the Supergirl TV show, so you might, people might know her. Yeah. And she basically like shakes Lois and she's like, snap out of it. It sucks, but like we have to move on. We have to like go to work and we have to tell the story. Yeah, what's crazy here is like it's been like five minutes to be like like shut up. It's time to get over it and go to work. Yeah, we need we we need to do reporting. But keep keep in mind, uh, in Cat Grant's eyes, this is the death of an icon, not like the death of her uh, husband. Like this is the death of like Martin Luther King. Like yeah, Martin Luther King's dead, but come on, we have to report this news. Like this is important. Also, to point out, Lois was the reporter writing about the story. She was the one there. You yeah, know, like, she's right, right, the right. one with the story to tell. She's the only reporter out of all of them that stuck around while Timothy was being the shadow man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. She's flying around the whole issue. Then we get the beginning of the what we were talking about. Like, here's some supporting cast. Nobody gives a shit. And we learn, or we find Gangbuster. Who the He's only- not Gangbuster yet, but he was Gangbuster Yeah, at one the point. only reason I want to point out this guy out is he was a major character, like, a couple years before, where he was, like, a social worker, and he wanted to be a vigilante because, like, he was inspired by Superman and he like did a lot of like little things like, you know, breaking up like muggings and stuff. And then the first time he got into a fight with a supervillain, he was completely paralyzed for years. And the reason why I bring that up is because that's kind of a theme that happens with his character for a while where he like gets over, you know, he he's inspired by Superman to do good and he just can't live up to that legacy Hmm. and just isn't, he's not great. And like, even like, though he... we, we don't want to cover him too much because in the story, it's pretty much what happens too. Like, he fights a bunch of guys and he has to quit because he's getting his ass kicked. But I actually, even though like in this book he doesn't shine at all and comes across really dumb, I do think that what he represents is really cool. If you know Superman history, where like Superman inspires us all, but sometimes you try to be like Superman and just can't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to point out his first scene because I, I think it's very relevant and also very entertaining. Where. He's he's Cat Grant's uh, boyfriend at this time. He's watching her on the news, and he's taking care of her uh, son. And uh, as he's watching TV, he says, "Dear Lord in heaven, Adam, your mom just said Superman's dead." And the kid says, "Yeah, big deal. Most of us kids in school die as a big weenie anyway." And he changes his channel, starts watching cartoons. He's like, "Hey, I love this cartoon." And Gangbuster freaks out, saying, "Damn it, what the hell is wrong with you? Can't you think about anything about yourself?" Superman was a friend to us all, and the kid starts crying and runs away. Again. And the way he, the way the panel's drawn, he grabs the remote out of his hand. But when I glance at it, I keep thinking he punches the kid in the face. It really does look I, like I wish he, he did. I wish. Oh, and um, I don't know if I should say this because uh, this kid gets killed later on. <laughs> oh wow! And they try, they try to make it sad, but he, he acts like this the entire time. <laughs> get sad. But anyway, <laughs> but um, uh, after the kid runs away, a gangbuster takes out Sue, and then the news uh, comes back from a commercial break, and it uh, comes back from uh, Kagarin's. Uh, reporting and the news anchor says so I guess that Superman wasn't so super after all <laughs> this is the WMT news break and uh, news gangbuster gets so mad he throws his fucking uh, uniform at the TV screen and breaks it his helmet yeah. it's not like his pants yeah. <laughs> I, I liked this scene a lot because it's like he's looking at the uniform he's like Superman could do it he died for us and I, I was sitting here like I hid away my uniform because I'm done super being a superhero yeah so th- then we it's hearing the same broadcast we see Superman's parents and it's just one page but they're saying, like, uh, you know, he's Superman's dead, and 
Superman's dad turns off the TV and he's like, fool doesn't know what he's talking about. And there's just two panels of them sitting in silence. And then she goes, what if they're right? And then they get up and hug and his and his dad says, we keep on praying to the good Lord Lord for our boy, Ma. And it's a, I, I think they do a lot with this page. The Pa and Ma can sub is my favorite part of this whole book. Uh, so yeah. my one yeah. problem is they kind of just repeat that for the next three issues. Uh, that's fair. That's very fair. That's fair. That's it's fair. like I really like them too because it's, it's really important to show what his parents think about this. But it doesn't move it along until they go to visit Lois. Yeah. I think that's fair. So, I mean, it's – I'm glad that they only spend like a page on it then because now that you point that out, like if it was three or four pages every issue, like that would be yeah. really frustrating. So then we see Raisin Man and Lex. You can skip over this. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's uh, just her turning back into Supergirl. Uh, no, I want to bring up I, – I think the armbands I want to bring up Raisin Man. <laughs> I want to bring up – I think the armbands are really cool about showing the solidarity for Superman. And here, when Supergirl turns back into humanoid Supergirl, she says that she, she has like bruises and scuffles on her face. And she says, I'll wear them as a tribute to the sacrifice Superman made in battle, Lex. Uh, next issue, she doesn't have them. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I just, as with like every shapeshifter, just want to point out that once again, those aren't clothes she's wearing. That's her skin that she made look like clothes. Yeah, flappy cape skin. Which is always weird that her cape is skin. <laughs> so then the head of Cadmus is trying to take away Doomsday and Superman's body. And the cops and like Superman's supporting cast, like Double X, are like, no, fuck you. Hey, hey! Don't don't besmirch Jubilex's good name. He stays out of this. Yeah. It's just Guardian yelling at his boss. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Give me your badge number. I can, I can, I can. I have authority to take his body from the president himself." And the cops like, like a Garen punches him in the stomach, yeah. and he says, "Forget the badge. Just remember, remember Dan Turpin. T U R P I N. The boys call me terrible, though I don't know why." And what's great <laughs> yeah, in really the background cool. is Guardian going, "Turpin, no, he's the head of Cadmus." <laughs> like he's he's just complaining. He's like, "Don't punch my boss." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turpin is one of the best characters in this. I, yeah, I definitely. As Bibbo would say, he's my favorite. Yeah. As spe- speaking of Bibbo, <laughs> he he shows up with uh, Professor Hamilton, who's just like super science guy. Yeah. And they have so this many characters. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason why I mention this is because Bibbo mentions this again later. They show yeah. up with this like super science machine that's just another defibrillator, but this time it's super. It's so powerful that the people that have to defibrillate Superman have to wear a force field around them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's worth pointing out, even though it might seem like, oh, so many characters, uh, it's it's just, uh, fuck this. Keep in mind, like, if you're watching any death of, like, if you're watching Death of Batman, would you, you would want to see, like, Silver, St. Cloud, and other characters show up, like, if you know Batman at all. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I get why it's there. It's just, it is jarring as someone who, like, doesn't read a lot of Superman. Mm -hmm. I don't find this part that jarring. Because I'm just like, oh, these are just, like, his friends. Yeah, they like, make it pretty clear that... Like, human like, people don't mind at all. Like, human yeah. characters. Plus, they, they, were, they were at least in death doing something. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. not, like, explaining, like, oh, it's it's all of their clones. And, like, they're just guys. You know, yeah. It's not people. a basic mech from the fifth dimension. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, then, you know, it doesn't work. And uh, I just want to point out that this is where I started to t- turn and start to love Bibbo. Is as the, he's going to defibrillate him, it's like powerful, and uh, he says, "No one's gonna miss a pug like me if things go bad." Saying if yeah. he gets killed, oh, yeah. defibrillating him. And the, the defibrillator is so, so powerful, it, like it literally explodes. Like the whole page is white and it says "vroom," and Fibble gets set flying, and he's, he's basically knocked out after that, uh, unable to continue. But he says, like as he passes out, like, "No, I can keep trying." Yeah, I can go another round. Let me rest a bit. 
And then yeah. what's great is then Guardian's like, let's try it again, Professor Hamilton. I'll step in for Babowski. And the professor's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I never... Man, when I read this, I didn't notice how much people like, hey, Guardian, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, they just ignore him. Because <laughs> whenever I, I, I... I'm so used to, like... Uh, I, I, I'm so, I don't like the mentality of judging a character just by his name. I'm only being Phil, basically. I don't like judging <laughs> a character just off the bat. I like to give him a chance. Every time I've given Guardian a chance, I'm always like... Is this a time going to do something useful? It never is. It's always, I'll take care of this guy. You just step back. I'll, I'll take care There's of There's literally no reason for him to be in this comic. He just stands back and, like, complains about stuff that another character could have filled in the role of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's important because he gives us lots of material to work with. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But, yeah, no, the, 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 even Professor Hamilton has used the machine. He can't defilt rape uh, Superman. Yeah, so Superman just stays dead. Yeah. And then we the issue ends with a scene at the Daily Planet where they're just basically planning out tomorrow's paper and Lois is like really broken up about it but she's still typing and Jimmy has the pictures he wants to use and Perry White is giving them like a pep talk. Yep, he's basically saying that it's we did this like it was important to capture this moment because it's about the sacrifice he made. Cuz Jimmy felt like it was being callous to show his photos after Superman had died and like yeah. all the says on it. And at this point is when the rest of the Daily Planet staff starts asking, like, have you heard from Clark Kent yet? And because Lois is engaged to him and she's like, no, I haven't. And they're like, well, he's among the hundreds missing in the wake of Doomsday's destruction. I'm sure he'll turn up. And she has to kind of like put up a brave face like, I hope so, even though she knows that Superman's dead. And people constantly make comments like, you know, she was emotional over Superman dying, but Clark's her fiance, like not realizing that she was literally holding her fiance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In her body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just real quick, the thing I also want to mention, this issue is dedicated to the memory of Joe Schuster, the, one of the creators of Superman. Hmm. So I guess that he had cool. died around this time. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Coincidence? Okay. <laughs> so the next issue is Supergirl in Action Comics, and the cover is the old like uh, Superman, or Action Comics number one with Superman lifting up the car. Except Supergirl here. Yep. With her skin, with her skin skirt and skin cape. Oh. <laughs> yep. And then everyone's just recapping about like what happened on the the news station. But then there's like a, there's a showdown happening between Cadmus and the Metropolis police inside of this uh, the hospital where Superman's body is because Cadmus wants the body of Doomsday and Superman. And in it, it's like the Cadmus guys point guns at Turpin and the. Maggie? Yep. Yeah, Maggie, Maggie Sawyer. Sawyer. You would think this is the one time Garden would be useful. A standoff between the police and uh, Cadmus. His organization. Because he's, he's, I believe he was a cop before he was Guardian. So you think this is the one time he'd be useful. Who resolves the situation? It's fucking Lex Luthor and Supergirl. <laughs> and, and during the fight, he doesn't get involved at all. He says, I'll, you, we stay back while the Supergirl and Lex Luthor takes care of this fight. Literally. Yeah, he, he calls, it, Lex Luthor calls him like these flying drone guys just to start uh creating havoc this was such a weird scene too because it's like cadmus works for the government the the, like federal government yeah Yeah. like they're they're so it's like you have the standoff between the city police the federal government agents which have gotten too much power under president trump and then uh (laughs) then the private companies like mechs who have also gotten too much power under president trump (laughs) (laughs) and it's like 
Okay. This is America's future. This is what after Trump will have to be sent, sent down to resolve disputes between local and uh, government officials. And the Guardian's yeah. just in the background going, it's a time for unity. Give him a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Supergirl shows up and does like this big like uh, psychic blast or something. Okay, I forget that, she has these like psychic powers. Yeah. That knocks everyone out. Yeah, psychokinetic blast. Because she gets pissed off that they're taking Superman's body when she finds out. Like, they're doing what? She and says, then and... Guardian to his boss is like, wow, you're lucky that you're still alive. She could have taken you out. He's like, Paul, don't press your luck. And he's really <laughs> sassing him. <laughs> well, you know, with Guardians, always, whenever uh, the fighting's all over and there's nothing else he can do, he starts acting like a big tough guy. Like, oh, yeah, I, I could have taken Doomsday, guys. You know? Yeah, Superman, was all this destruction necessary? <laughs> Driving on his little motorcycle? Like, I, I could have done this. I can't believe how consistently shitty Guardian is as a character. I told you, Brian. We're I, told get, you. I hope we get, like, a write-in from some fan of the Guardian who's like, he's the best character! <laughs> yeah, the you, Guardian defender. If there, if there is a, a Guardian fan out there, that will literally blow my mind. I, mean, I would not be able to believe that. Like, how can you like this character? It's nothing like a Maybe it, it'll be like when you guys are like, oh, you haven't read his good run? Uh, there was they, He's a shitty character. But he was he, reinvented this, by Grant Morrison. This writer really uh, <laughs> really did something great with him and he, uh, his struggle with being No, he's one of my and... favorites. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Lex shows up with this guy, the mayor, and he says like the boss of Cadmus that the president wants to see him because he's in trouble. Because he says, like, uh, uh, under uh, the president announced that Superman's an American citizen, so an American citizen you can't take his body for experimentation like any other alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, they give him, they make sure, they basically said these loopholes that the cannabis can't touch Superman's body anymore. Which is ironic yeah. given that uh, naturalized citizens are, no longer have the rights they used to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what Camus is. Camus is taking away. He's like, this, he's just a fucking naturalized citizen. We have this is Trump's America. Don't you know? Him, man? <laughs> yeah, he, I, I didn't see his legal immigration papers. Yeah. He wasn't born here. Oh, God. Guys, we're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everyone everyone disperses. And they resume with, like, uh, getting ready to bury Superman. And then it cuts back to the Daily Planet where it's they're, they're rehashing, like, the same kind of thing where it's like, I can't believe... It's Jimmy and, like, the boss thing. It's like, oh, poor Laura's, uh, Superman died, and now Clark's missing. Like, this is just Laura? an awful day. She hasn't said anything. Lois? Lois? <laughs> I said Lois, but I had another letter in my mouth somewhere. <laughs> Slow Loris. Loris Terrell. Loris. <laughs> Loris um, So then they tell Loris to just go home. Uh, there is some inner monologue that I do really like with oh, yeah. with Lois being like, I have to call Clark's parents, but I can't. What can I say to them? I don't yeah. even know what to say to myself. So, so they cut to uh, Clark's parents, and the phone rings there, and they, they make you think it's Lois, but it's actually Lana Lang. Who I only know from Smallville, the TV show. Me too. <laughs> but, you know, like, like in the Smallville TV show, she was Superman's girlfriend while he was in Smallville. Yeah. Right. Yep, and she she's crying about it too, and it's like she can't be gone. He just can't be. This has to be a mistake. She knows. She knows he's Superman. By the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the only people who do are like her, Lois, and the parents, right? Yeah, all the people who know Superman uh, meet up in the story, and it's literally those people. Yeah. And then it cuts to like other people in the diner talking about like the time that like Superman saved them from stuff. It just cuts to different countries and explains how how, how like in Russia he's he. Saved them in Japan. He saved them. Back during the alien invasion, he saved my men from getting blown sky high. And then an asterisk, Superman number twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually liked a lot of these kinds of scenes where it's like the impact he had on everyone is like obvious. That like people aren't like in that Japanese scene. Like the guy, people in the street are crying. Like, yeah. listening to this. Like it's not like people are just like whatever. Superman died. Like, yeah. it's, like it is like a celebrity death. It's like it's more than that because he is. 
apparently everyone in the world could think at any time, like, if something bad happens, Superman will fly over here and save my ass. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they talk about, like, all the stuff they did, like, all of the, um, the medical supplies that he gave to poorer countries, and he saved lives when there's... I love that it's so much more... I love that it's so much more than just, like, he punched that alien from Superman yeah. 27. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, he did a lot of humanitarian work and stuff as well. Yeah. Yep. yep, and then it cuts back to the coroner's office. It's Lex <laughs> seeing Doomsday, and he gets all mad, and he says, it isn't right, just not right, and takes the chair and, like, smashes it over, I think, Doomsday, apparently. Doomsday, Doomsday's body. And he's all mad, and Turpin's like, don't worry, like, we're all mad at Doomsday, and he says, no, you don't know, Superman. He, he, he takes it to himself, he doesn't he say it. He thinks it to yeah. himself. <laughs> Superman was mine to kill. Mine. I've been cheated of my vengeance. A monster has robbed me of that which I desired more than anything. I do love that. He's so mad at this whole story because he's like, I was supposed to kill Superman. <laughs> because like, uh, because like, uh, in the public persona, Lucas Luthor is like, a, like Donald Trump, a big, like, considered like a. Well, this is celebrity. also supposed to be like the evil Luthor's son in the public eye. That's like, I'm not like he's my good. dad. I'm yeah. good. But like, you know, it's, it's very appropriate because uh, Lex Luthor in the 80s was based a lot on, on Donald Trump specifically. Like his, his yeah. first solo series literally had a parody to Donald Trump's Art of the Deal as a cover and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and he seems like a nice guy, but he's really a monster inside, which is very appropriate. <laughs> at least, at least Lex Luthor pretends. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Trump, uh, as far as we know, isn't dating a raisin. <laughs> but you know, we could, it could be. No! Melania! Certain, Certain looks she gives are very raisiny. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Lois. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. So let's Lois move goes. On. Lois goes to look at. Um, Lo- she goes back to Clark's apartment, and she she goes through and says this really sweet thing, like where she, it shows the photo of Clark had of his parents and him and her together. And she's uh, just reminiscing about how they were just co-workers. They didn't think, she didn't think much of Clark back then. And now, um, tomorrow, more people will keep reassuring her that Clark will turn up all right. And it, it's just her, like, uh, basically grieving. Yeah. This is, I think, my favorite theme is Lois's arc, where it's like, she has to keep putting up this brave face. Like, she has to pretend to be hopeful that Clark is, like in some building somewhere and like that she look it's tough i could i can't imagine what that would be like. yeah it's tough i mentioned this uh to to you guys before we started recording but that i really like i uh, i understood lois's plight and i don't mean to be like rude or anything but i i it wasn't rude. evoking a lot out of me like i wasn't feeling like really sad or awful for her because she just she doesn't do anything beyond just being strong and being able to like withhold the um what the, else is she supposed grief? to do like she doesn't know she's crying like. well then we get to a uh well first it cuts to <laughs> other superman villains that are also like hearing about his death like the the toy master toy man <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They, they, well, some, some of them are like, fuck Superman. Some of them are like, Superman's actually a noble enemy. Like, I'm, I'm going to miss him. And some of these random criminals are like, you know, Superman actually saved my grandma's life. Like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And then Supergirl stops some robbery. Yeah. It's just, it's just a bunch of people fighting Supergirl. It's just a bunch of Spash Savage and she's the new protector. Yeah, because they're like, oh, it's not even Superman. It's Supergirl. She's way weaker. And then she just beats shit at everybody. And they're yeah. like, never she's mind. She's probably 76% as powerful as Superman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, what I was referencing before, like, what, what I enjoyed seeing is it, it cuts to Bibbo and he, he owns a club or a bar. Yeah, he sees Supergirl fly back, fly past him, and he says, 
Uh, is it? Oh, nah, it's that super girl. It ain't my favorite. It'll never be him. Yeah. Never again. He's gone. When he needed help most, there was nothing I could do. What I think I could do any good anyways. Professor Ham, he's the smart one. And so he goes into this bar and like these guys are like, Hey, Bibbo, where you been? And they, they're offering him a drink, seeing the, the good that he did on TV trying to like resuscitate Superman and everything. And he says he doesn't want a free drink. His, bar, his bar's closed. That's it. Like You guys have to get out. And they're like, you sure, man? All right, whatever you say, your boss. And yeah. one of the guys thinks to himself, gee, I ain't ever known Bibbo to turn down a drink. And then inside, he, uh, Bibbo says, God, it's me, Bibbo. Been a while since we talked. I know my pal Superman is with you now, so I guess he don't need really need my prayers but the rest of us sure do. And then he starts praying, doing the Hail Mary. And he, he asks God to take good care of Superman. I miss him. I expect ev- about everybody misses him. God, I gotta ask you why. Why should Superman die when the washed-up old roughneck like me goes on living? It ain't right, God. It just ain't right. And it's like three panels of slowly zooming out of him in the bar, alone in the dark, crouching down to pray. Yeah. It's the best scene in the whole book. Can't it say. is. Yeah, and that, that's why I was saying, like, that pulled a lot more out of me of where I could really feel this guy's, like, anguish and pain at losing this person that he valued, like, the most in his life. Yeah. Because there's one, I think, one, like, we talked about how they, they're, a lot of the other scenes are repetitive. Like, this is one powerful scene to show his grief. And yeah. it, was, it was, like, one sh- like uh, like versus like a bunch of machine gun firing different emotional scenes is basically one tight scene to show one powerful emotion. Yeah, yeah, and like even just the small stuff of like I've never known Bibbo to turn down a drink. Like that was really important. And yeah. like with the stuff with Lois, it's a lot of her inner mo- monologuing about like how much everyone loved Clark, how much she loved him, and how unfortunate the whole situation is. And it seems like it's just stuff that gets established like over the next few pages too. And I understand yeah. that she is in pain. But I felt like just Bibbo having to pray to God was a way better. Because even, like, God's more powerful than Superman. Yeah. That's the only person he can turn to. And we talk yeah. about how, like, they look up to Superman as, like, their savior. And then when he's gone, who do you turn to? Like, their actual savior, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if if you're following along with the trade, we're skipping the dumb time travel story. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, uh, we're skipping that. So next issue is Superman Man of Steel, number 20. Cover is all the Justice... Like, not the Justice League that was in the story, but all the people you associate with the Justice League, like Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, they're all... St- st- Guardian. But wait, where are Fire and Ice and Bloodwind? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're all standing over uh, plaques saying, In Memoriam, Superman. So uh, the opening scene is everyone's preparing for Superman's funeral. Uh, the people are building Metropolis. Like, Super's the guy basically in charge of all the funeral stuff, and he's doing the typical scene. Oh, my where... God. His hair. They're doing his hair up, and it looks so crazy. He looks like a JoJo character or something. I, I thought <laughs> the same thing. I, I will say, what's his, what's his guy's are saying? Let me see. Let me see. Is, this, is this when you messaged us saying he looks fabulous, Daryl? Yeah. So, uh, John Bagadonovi, uh, I, I, I really like his art a lot in um, Death Superman. I like it a lot in Return of Superman. Superman. Uh, I find the I find a lot of the art in general weaker here. I feel like this book in general feels like a lot of filler and, and rushed stuff. Like it feels like they sacrificed the quality for this book to make up for Mature Superman. No, what's what's the name of the guy that writes and draws? Search with an S. Dan Jorgens. Yeah, uh, his his art's always really good. I always like his yeah. writing. I always like his art. And it this this guy is just some of his faces are really wild. It's like um, it's very stylized. 
Yeah. But I, th- I think it works really well in the Yeah, church. it's like when we read uh, Swamp Thing, and it's like some of those face zoom-ins are really weird, but like, it, when that guy was doing horror, it was really well done. Yeah. It's like, this guy, when he's doing like kind of action or kinetic scenes... Yeah, that's, that's how I feel too. That's why I think this one's weird, because it's really just people going to a funeral. This whole issue is just people yeah. going to a funeral. I also feel that uh, Jurgens, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated comic creators like ever, and... Having him be, like, the guiding hand throughout this whole big event does put... When there are weaker parts, I think it puts it on a spotlight because I think his work is so strong. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Lex Luthor's arranging it. And it's a cliche scene where people are doing his hair while he's on the phone and shit like that. And they're like, use our coffins. And it's like... Yeah, and, and uh, meanwhile, uh, Mom and Pa can't are sad because they can't go. They're like... Mom Ken's like, uh, we should be there. Metropolis, not here in Smallville. And Pa Ken says, we can't get anywhere near here, Martha. We lost some, but the world lost the hero. They're going to bury that hero full on us. And, the reason, and, and basically, uh, it's it's really sad because they can't even go to their son's funeral because no one knows they're his parents. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. I, like, I like the, even though, like Daryl said, this is repetitive, the scenes of uh, Ma and Pa Kent, I did like them a lot because they're, like, basically distantly grieving for their son and have to keep it quiet because... No one can. No one knows that that Clark Kent was Superman. So they're just like, yeah, yeah. So uh, Lois grieves some more. She she struck like a lot of his her scenes are a lot, is just struggling to make the call to Mom Pa Kent because she she can't bear to do it. So then at the at the funeral, um, they have a big uh, per, a parade. I don't know what they call procession. Procession parade. They have a parade. Yes, the men's that. All the heavy hitters are here, like Geoforce. They're called the cortege. And wait, I, I really want to point out in this, it's people marching and it's like the closest to Superman's coffin. There's Wonder Woman and then Green Lantern and then Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> Flash is behind Wonder Woman and Guardian in the line. Yeah, he's obviously Guardian is one of the key players in the uh, yeah. world. And uh, we have uh, just scenes of, 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 we have like a random scene of Lobo uh, finding out Superman's dead and getting mad and beating up aliens. Ryan's favorite character. I hate Lobo. Lobo. No, I wanted to point out this Lobo page is one of the ugliest things I've seen. It is so crazy and I can't understand. When the, when they, one of the aliens gets kicked by Lobo, his butt literally is on top of his head as he goes flying. Like, it looks like a Battletoads. Yeah. That's like, Lobo. That's, yeah, that that's is, that is really Lobo. I was about to say, Lobo. Lobo's uh, scenes are more like comedic. Uh, yeah, yeah like crazy stuff. looking stuff. Oh, uh, this has an alien going humana humana humana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, and again we get more scenes of um like random people just being like remember the time he saved me from random this? people this like... is Keith. Yeah, but like we have random people here too. Like yeah. and, and yeah. people just Keith the orphan from last time is here too morning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a lot of people being like Superman's gone so I have to be the best I can be. Like I'm going to co- comfort people that are in, you know, hurting and which, stuff. Which like which I th- I think that's really cool and that's great and that's reinforcing the theme of like Superman inspiring people to do their best but every other page is just something like really kind of silly and goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel like you're at least with the the funeral procession part you're allowed to like sulk and have a sad issue like you yeah. don't need Lobo to show up and just do the stupidest stuff you don't possible. need Batman to fight a terrorist I 100%, 100% <laughs> agree, with, agree with that like I, I don't mind the scene of Lobo showing Lobo finding out and being mad but it shouldn't be in this issue it should have been like I agree sh- like another and issue. it shouldn't be if, if it's gonna be all the, the wonky stuff that can be in one chunk instead yeah. of breaking up these sad oh, scenes yeah, definitely. Like, you, like you said with Keith like it really does show him being inspired to do good because you know he's getting bullied. No, someone else is getting bullied. Someone's getting bullied, and Keith steps in and helps like kid and gives him his, his cat to play. Because he's like, this is what Superman would do. Superman yeah. wouldn't like this. He wouldn't think it was fair. Just picking picking on somebody just because you're bigger. 
And he yeah. goes to help that kid. And it's like, it's such a good scene to show how, like, everyone thinks, like, I can be a better person if I try to be like Superman was. But it's sandwiched yeah. between two goofy scenes, like the Lobo scene and then this scene where uh, there's a, a political uh, terrorist in the crowd preparing to throw a bomb into the crowd. And Batman shows up and starts interrogating him. And um, the guy's like, Duh. he's like hanging him off rooftops, saying, don't drop me. Yeah, it's classic Batman where he's dangling someone off a roof. And he says, don't tap me, but Metropolis is Superman's town. And for today, I'll play it his way. And he, he ties a sign around him saying, please arrest me. So and he brought him. that sign with him, I guess? Or did yeah. the guy hang there while he wrote it out? <laughs> and then they, they showed the, the Morlocks uh, feeling sad. Um, they'll be more relevant later on, but fuck them for now. Uh, there's a good scene of, of Bob, uh, Bibbo. Let's say Bobo, who they call him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bibbo, uh, where a guy is like selling Death of Superman merchandise, and Bibbo gets mad, saying, Oh, you ain't you got no respect? And the guy says, Look, man, Superman saved my family from a burning building, but now we're on the streets, and I'm out of work, man. My family's got to eat somehow. And uh, the guy, uh, uh, Bibbo, thinks, Superman was a favorite because he was tough, but he always tried to help the little guy. Much as I like to smash this twerp, Superman would like it. Especially after all the trouble he went through saving him. And he basically takes all the guy's uh, merchandise and buys, he buys it, off. it. Yeah, he buys it off. Yeah, I thought this was such a cool like resolution yeah. to this thing where he's like, I don't want you just selling stuff based off Superman's death, so I'll buy it to support you. So he buys it all and then gives him a job. Yeah, he's like, come come see me tomorrow. I can give you honest work. Yeah. And so the, the funeral in, in earnest starts happening and they, they start carrying out the coffin. We get a scene where Jimmy... Oh, my God. God. It really is every other fucking page. It really is. The fucking... <laughs> the mob tries to extort fucking Jimmy Olsen for a picture. To, to and... be fair, this guy... this Out of all the fucking characters, this guy's one of the guys that appears again, this mob guy. <laughs> he becomes relevant in, in, in Superman, but out of all the fucking characters, not, not Guardian, not Gangbusters, but this guy. The, the, the body structure in the faces of his, like, henchmen is yeah. so weird. I think it's great. <laughs> but uh, they basically... They want to extort Jimmy for photos and Jimmy's like get the fuck off when he punches the guy and then that starts uh, then uh, they take out the guns to try to threaten Jimmy and then Robin shows up and starts fighting them I love the idea of like these mobsters being like pulling out a gun at Superman's funeral where every superhero yeah, in the world like, is it's like, fucking idiots yeah this is, this is something I, I find I found reading this whole thing like comics are always so weird to me because they really have this distinction between people like in real life, even criminals generally don't just pull out assault rifles and shoot at cops. Generally, that doesn't happen. But in, in comics, it's so common. And this is a world where the cops, half the time, have, like, power rings. And, like... <laughs> yeah. No, really, it's like... That's, that's I, another, that's another uh, relic, I think, of the old uh, era versus the new era. Because comics are from... Uh, we're always mentality that villains have to be black and white and a lot of times they, they can never win so a lot of times they end up become, becoming comedic like that's yeah. why Joker yeah. became like a more comedic villain because in the 60s uh, it, in the beginning he started out killing people but then it became a joke because if they kept, kept on going around killing people the like the, the you know the prudes and the parents were bitching about him saying <laughs> you're making, you're making uh, this guy murder people and, and stuff like that so and I, that's the really stupid, uh, pure evil criminals still appear in like this era of comics. Yeah, it's just it's it's always like such a weird mentality because it's like it, the comic universe assumes that people are either just good people completely, or they're like they're such degenerates that if they constantly throughout these issues they keep saying like is that a cop whatever and they all pull out machine guns and just start shooting into the car well it's like, like it's like it's like any like cartoon or anything like if you watch like My Little Pony like a lot of the villains are like like just villains like I love being evil mwahaha like like. 
Like that's how they usually uh, not, not really. Not yeah, really. not in My Little Pony. This co- this court is not a pure like a Lila being. No, he's he's about anarchy. Guys, people, guys, what <laughs> okay. the fuck is happening? But like, if you watch most cartoons, uh, maybe not a pony, but like most cartoons, like GI Joe. But uh, like, oh, yeah, GI Joe, Master Universe. Like, you fucking have Skeletor. Like, I was Batman. It's but, most of the, most things aimed at kids are black and white, and for a long time, comics. Because they had to be, because any adult comic was was usually was banned after a while. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this was another, like, growing pains of, like, are we stuck between the Silver Age or, like, a New Age, where you yeah, still, sure. you're treating, like, all villains are simple-minded and stupid, even though you're, you're establishing that now these superheroes know each other and they can, like, go to each other's cities. It's like, why would someone pull out a gun when Wonder Woman and Green Lantern are next to them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So Green Lantern, Wonder Woman step in and try to stop the mobsters. Try to. They're fucking super. Powerful. Yeah, they do stop the mobsters, but what happens is it starts a riot in, in the crowd, and like Super goes on the to- on the big TV screen saying, "Everyone, please calm down." But uh, and Mom and Pa Kent are watching on TV, and Mom and Pa Kent are commenting, "Jonathan, I son, I can't stand to watch what doing at the funeral," and they they have to turn it off. And basically, they say, uh, "Mom, Ma- honey, turn the thing off." We'll say goodbye to our son our own way. Like basically, the the the, def- the actual funeral of Superman is a farce to d- what Superman actually was, and they say we're gonna do it ourselves. We're gonna have our own private funeral, kind of like they did in Batman vs Superman, where they had the big it- spectacle funeral and spoilers. And- Fuck you! <laughs> fucking watch the movie after all these fucking months. Don't <laughs> don't watch the movie. No, but we fucking made a review about it. I'm just kidding. I, I don't I don't want to. In defense <laughs> of all these like Mon Pa Kent scenes that kind of feel the same, is that they are in different comics. Yeah. So it, it's important to establish like their thoughts in a different comic yeah. each day. And it's, it's, it's usually in reaction to different things happening in yeah. the And so then yeah. uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are are there in happier times when <laughs> Hillary still thought she might become president one day. She, yeah. she definitely was like, to give me 20 years, I'll be president. Yeah, and they basically gave a speech saying, oh, this man was great. Uh, we love him. And yep. uh, finally, uh, Lois gets gumptions. Uh, to call mom and pa Kent, but too late. They're going. They already started their own funeral process, and they have a box of his stuff, like a scrapbook, a teddy bear, baseball. It's a place where he landed and crashed, and um, pa- Ma Kent is thinking uh, about how she reached in and lifted into his arms, and uh, we didn't, we didn't know where you came from, but we didn't care. You are us, the sweetest little baby universe, our gift from heaven, and right from the start, we loved you with all hearts, and. Uh, heaven gave it you to us, and now heaven has taken you. And the the art it has a parallel panel where it's her, it's Pa with the shovel and her like holding the memory box, and then it's them like as much younger holding Baby Clark from the rocket, and it's it's pretty effective. Yeah, I've, I'm yeah. actually tearing up looking at this again. This was a really sad scene. Yeah, and as they're putting the box in, the, she says the things you love, the things that matter to you most over the years, that very gone like you are. And as after Pa Kent buries. Uh, the box. He says, uh, it's not enough. It feels empty as hell. And uh, Ma Ken says, I feel like nothing you plugged the hole in my heart. And Pa Ken says, like, nobody needs us now. Almost like there's no reason to go on living. Cut back to the funeral as they finally bury. Uh, they finally cover Superman's uh, coffin with his tomb. Uh, they say, ash to ashes, dust to dust. And finally, Ma uh, and Pa pick up the phone for Lois and uh, they cry as they talk to each other, and and she she apologized for not for not calling sooner, and how she couldn't do anything to save Superman while we just watch him die, and, she, and they're like it's okay, like we couldn't do anything, we understand, like and they say we're gonna come to Metropolis, end of issue. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty 
Even with all the dopey stuff, it's a good one. I feel like I could take this story arc and cut out half of I it too. and make it so much better. Agreed. I, I... This comic's perfect, says that. I, I, I... Yeah. Yes, yes, it's perfect. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like after having read that Archie issue with his dad... Like this, this doesn't get to me as much as that did. Oh, I, I agree. no, I, I think it's still very touching. Um, I think it's very touching, but like, yeah, it doesn't have to be as good. Uh, the to idea, be the idea of two parents burying their two elderly parents burying their child and feeling like they have no reason to go on living anymore, not even being allowed to bury their child. Yeah, but then, then I sit there and I'm just like, just make the make one whole issue about that. That would be so. I cool. agree, but that's what that's what that's what me and Phil are saying. That if you cut out all the big. The, all those stupid moments and just made it like more compact shorter story I think it would be amazing I think in modern times there would be a whole issue about it yeah. but in the 90s they felt like you need to have action so we have to yeah. have like Lobo and Batman and like the fact that even with the the climate of the early 90s in comic books they still managed to do these scenes I think it's impressive me too I have a, I have a question for our comic fan aficionados we're aficionados of comic fans only not comics <laughs> but comic fans <laughs> <laughs> on the cover of this issue, who is that next to Shazam that's orange and purple with a white head? Oh, uh, that's Metamorpho. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Metamorpho. Uh, have you watched, have you read uh, Flashpoint, uh, Element Girl, whatever the fuck her name was, was female Metamorpho. Uh, gender Swap. Oh, excuse uh, I'm sorry I didn't read it. Metamorpho looks like a Frankenstein monster, but he can, <laughs> like, turn himself into any, like, thing, really. Like, more than just a shapeshifter, like, he, he can turn himself into basically any element. So he like can be like so he's a scroll, well kind of but like more like um plastic man like uh, no no because they are still he can turn into gas and stuff. Metamorpho. Oh, okay. Also, the cover is uh like that I was alluding to. It covers all like the big superheroes standing on the Daily Planet, uh, throwing Superman's cape into the air. So it opens up with that some superheroes uh, showing up. Uh, Shazam shows up and says, "Holy moly! Looks like everybody's here." <laughs> yeah, and then we get we cut to uh, Ryan Lynch from his early teenage years, and he says, "Face it, Mitch, life sucks." <laughs> yeah, bad enough. Ma's gonna kill me for sneaking on a bus and coming to Metropolis, but then I get here and the sky's open. Might as well be a typhoon. But I had to come. Superman is dead, and it's all my fault. So he was, if you remember from Death of Superman, he was a kid that was, like, whining about how Superman's lame. Guy Gardner's the only cool Justice League member. And he's the one who, his house burns down with the man baby, and he yells to Superman, come save me. Come save my man baby. (laughs) The only thing that really matters in the Justice League scene is that they just say that it's Christmas time, and they want to do something good in honor of Superman, and that it's pouring. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I heard uh, a big announcement from someone close to Superman is going to be here. And there's, and a woman, there's a woman claiming she's Mrs. Superman. She's having a big press conference in, in public. Yeah, she's like, I secretly lived with him. We kept the relationship secret. And Lois gets really angry. And she's like, don't tell me you're buying any of this baloney. And she's like, why don't you let him finish? Why don't you let her finish? And she says, no, Charlton is no more Mrs. Superman than I am. And she runs off. <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, again, it's even though, like, Daryl said it, doesn't, it didn't tug his heartstrings as much, it, you can see, like, how much this must suck to have to lie to the world as they're like grieving you have to be like i'm i'm upset but you can't show them how upset you are yeah. like 
Literally, we were going to get married. Well, it's like how she can't say that I am actually Mrs. Lois. Like, yeah. this is an imposter. Mrs. Lois. Lois. She by by stop of by stop of Lois. Loris. <laughs> I I still think that the Lois stuff is great. It's not as great as Bibbo, but it's still. I think it's still some of the best stuff. I book. think her situation's cool. I just she doesn't get anything out of me. Where I'm not like, oh man, Lois. My problem is like it, it just feels like there should be more of plot here. There's a plot later on, but it takes too long to get going. Like it feels too much filler going on here. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway, yeah. uh, Lois sleeps Jimmy at the conference, and Jimmy's sad by himself now. And then we see uh, Angsty Ryan Lynch is here just in the rain by himself with no money or anything. And, like and... like real my- Ryan Lynch in college. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jimmy also shows up uh, sly, and he's like, hey, are you waiting for someone? And um, he's like, the woman who just walked off said that lady up there wasn't really Mrs. Superman. Is that true? And Jimmy Olsen's like, yeah, that was a fraud. But uh, let's... Uh, like, what, what are you doing here? And he's like, I just want to talk to someone who knew Superman. And he's like, well, I did. Let's go get food. And he buys him lunch. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we cut back to Lois, who is going to Clark's apartment. This is a good page. Um, this this was yeah. my favorite part with Lois. Again, grieving. Like, having to go into the apartment that, you know, he gave her the keys to come to his apartment. What it is is uh, the narration boxes are just small, like, sentence fragments where she's like, Clark's apartment. Fumbling for the keys he gave me. Trying so hard not to cl- cry. In an elevator ride that lasts forever. Yet ends too soon. Don't cry, Lois. Last time I was here. Don't cry, Clark and I. And it, it's it's like it's very effective. It's sort of like um back in the the boys with like the with the narration boxes that were all like uh, just thoughts when those guys were talking to them. Yeah, but everything was like yeah. jumbled and confused because it's like this is a really good portrayal of like her where her mind's at instead of like comic exposition all over the place. Yeah, yeah. how hard it is. It's great, just like the boys. Yeah, <laughs> like Simon Pegg scene. Uh, sponsored again by Simon Pegg. <laughs> Big slide. It ends with her thinking, "I'm alone, so terribly alone." As she thinks that lo- uh, Mom Pa can't enter the apartment and hug her. Yeah, and Lana Lang shows up too. Why did um, you say her name with such disgust? I forgot her. I forgot her last. Lana name. Lang is here. So I was like, I was like, not Lane. That's Lois. So then we cut to the uh, where. It's, it's Metropolis a, Post Office, yeah. right? The JLA goes to the Metropolis Post Office, and they're like, hey, we wanted to see, uh, like, how many letters Superman got. And they were like, wow, we, we expected to see a lot, but not this many. And fucking Guy Gardner here is like, what a bunch of dweebs. <laughs> uh, bet every one of them asks for something. Um, and Wonder Woman's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and and uh, Nightwing yeah. is like... Uh, you know Nightwing, you read Batman and Cacophony. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. where you would know Nightwing from. <laughs> that, is, that is where I know him. <laughs> um, so he's reading, like, they start reading some of these letters, and it's like, hey, this kid wants Superman to uh, bring him an artifact from another planet. And um, Aquaman's like, you know, this guy wants him to find a lost city of gold and share the profits. And Guy Gardner reads one that says, "This old gal is terminal and seems about and about to kick off. Seems wanted she wanted Big Blue to help her find her son who split over thirty years ago." And someone that's, <laughs> this person? that's Doctor Light. Okay, Doctor Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Light uh, builds Mega Man. Yeah, she builds uh, Mega Man from the uh, mail <laughs> Mega Man. And they're basically like, you know, all these people were writing Superman for help. Maybe we should help out in Superman's place. Um, like. Some of these are crazy, like, this farmer had so many droughts, and he's about to lose his farm, they want Superman to help make the rain happen, I don't know. And, and uh, Wonder Woman says, it must have been extremely difficult for Kal-El to read these stories and know that he couldn't possibly help everyone. Yeah, and it's, it's again showing, like, how much the whole world depended on Superman, and how Superman 
had this struggle where he's like, I can't help everyone. Although he still has the time to go on news shows while these people are like, please help. Uh, God, you're never gonna let it go. Like he can never work <laughs> on the show ever. Like just... I know, and I get it. But... Well, again, when you're um, when you're basically omnipotent, <laughs> like you should be able to, you should be doing more important things. But but again, it, it's I think so. Someone brought up this just a few weeks ago. I talked about you can't do work all the time. You're gonna go crazy. Yeah, he does. He we... does these things to keep him connected to humanity. Like like I'm just imagining like Philip, like they had a uh, Saturday morning breakfast cartoon where they literally had Superman just turning a wheel every day to. Power from the energy because they say, oh, we were, people are dying from lack of uh, power in these countries. You're gonna let them do die for man. And so Superman literally became a slave, and that's not what Phil wants, basically, right? No, I know, I, I totally understand it. Like we all agree here that like um, we need so- someone who's starving needs food, and we don't need our fucking 3ds games, but we still buy those instead of donating our money. And like all people do this, where we like know that. We have to do something. Like there are things out there that are more important than us, but we still spend money on luxury. Like and you really, go insane should... if you focus on everything you ha- you have to do. If you try to do everything, yeah. yeah. And I do get that. I, I just I was just making a little jab. I feel like one of the big differences though is we're not strong like Superman is. You can save someone's life if you gave up your computer and donated that money though. Like you literally, uh, so could. you literally could. <laughs> but like like uh, are you gonna are you gonna give up your entire life to just help everyone else? Like you have to live your own life at some point. Divisive issues is officially endorsing never helping anyone with anything. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's philanthropy yeah. is evil. <laughs> That's even why, why the whole point even has a secret identity because people assume all Superman does all day is fly in space and save everyone. Oh my god, we're becoming Ayn Rand supporters. <laughs> there are many Superman stories that addressed what would it, like even in continuity stories where he's like, I'm gonna give up the Clark Kent identity and be Superman and twenty four seven help people, and he always becomes a god figure that like society counts on too much. And it's it's. Yeah. I always think it's an interesting discussion to have. So he's capable of doing all that. Then he's not. That's another thing. He's not really. He capable. always he's goes crazy. And not even that. Like he has to deal with like well governments and shit like that. People saying like you're you're interrupting yourself into affairs too much and shit like that. Like, can he make it rain? Uh no uh, no he can't <laughs> no he can't. <laughs> uh, well, he gets a lot of money. Then he can make it rain all day. <laughs> and then so we get a, a different twist here where instead of just people asking him for help, we do see some thank you notes too. And you get this weird stretchy man like hugging. That's elongated <laughs> what, man. Whatever. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what isn't Mister Plastic stretchy? Uh, plastic man, you mean? Yeah. Okay, this isn't important at all, but DC <laughs> wanted a stretchy character, and <laughs> so they got three. <laughs> and Marvel had Mister Fantastic, and they <laughs> DC didn't realize they'd already bought the rights to Plastic Man, so they ripped him off, and then we're like, oh shit, we already have Plastic but Man. Wait, so now we have you said Metamorpho is also like Plastic Man. No, <laughs> Metamorpho turns into different things. <laughs> Why is stretchy man such a commodity? <laughs> <laughs> like we need, we need more stretch. Elongated Man is my favorite of them. Plastic Man's the best of all of them. Daryl's gone crazy. You like him? Do you like uh, Elongated Man more than Mr. Fantastic? Yeah. Reed Richards? Wow, you don't. I guess you don't like Fantastic Four much. No, like I love Reed Richards, but I love. Oh, so, okay, so, when, so now uh, Ryan's a fucking poser, not even liking Fantastic Four. The whole entire no, team, he... he's like, the uh, entire team is shit except for Reed Richards, but I'm Reed Richards shit too, so fuck. I can him. like one person more than, a, like, I can like him more no, than No, I just, I, I like the stretchy man who's less popular. I have Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, and Elongated Man. They're my favorite superheroes. Uh, I heard about, I like Elongated Man, you never heard of him? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big hipster. He's also okay. in the Justice League era with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. That's why I love him so much, because it's good stuff. But fuck you guys. Uh, Daryl. Uh, I hate all these... <laughs> Okay, fuck all I these people. Darryl. Then uh, I, I I wasn't I wasn't blaming your pick. He's literally you only in this panel. <laughs> it's yeah. just funny that there's so many stretchy men. 
Okay, I don't want to talk about Satan. Please. <laughs> He's literally just on this panel. Please, I beg you, I beg you, slide. Please, stop that. You know how I feel? You like, you like it, right, Phil, when you talk about comic science? You want me to bring it up again? I'll you talk want about me to be, about Elongated Man trivia? You want me to do uh, that? Elongated Man gets his powers from a mystical soda called Jingled. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. That's been divisive issues. Oh, wait. You're joking, right? <laughs> nope. That's a real thing. Phil, <laughs> so you want me to make Civil War stuff you want to talk about comics? It's every issue that we read. I don't okay, want to talk guys, about guys. He's on one panel. <laughs> I hate this show. Get me out of here. They don't even call him by name. <laughs> all right. So. All right. They read some. They read some thank you letters, and they're like, "Wow!" Even in the face of this disasters that people are experiencing, people still take the time to write a thank you to Superman. And then we cut to um, Jimmy Olsen and Ryan Lynch in the <laughs> restaurant with uh, Bibbo, I think. Yeah, yeah. And do, you know, he starts saying basically. Ryan Lynch starts saying, uh, "You know, Superman uh, found Doomsday at our house, and it's my fault that that Doomsday got away." Because Superman uh, went to go see his family. When he yelled out for Superman to see his family, and Superman did. And then that gave Doomsday the opportunity to go to Metropolis. But as if, like, if he fought him there, like, the JLA would have been much help. They were fucking dead. But, you know, it's still he feels guilty. Yeah, the, and... the, it was the same thing in the JLA episode we skipped where Booster Gold was like, I wish I could have done more for him. Yeah. 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 Uh, a lot of people feel that way, but, like, honestly, like, oh, Batman was there. Like, what? What would you have done, <laughs> so, Batman? You're acting like this isn't a thing that every grieving person does. Like, what no, could I, know, I have I know. done to stop That's why I said, I said. Phil thinks every grieving person is purely logical. Like, oh, his death was an acceptable thing. Never give to charity and just, if you're sad, just fucking get over it. <laughs> yeah. What I said was that I, he says this, like, as if he could have done anything. But then I said, I, but it makes sense why he felt this way. I say it's a stupid like it's it's it's, it's a stupid illogical. bullshit. It's fucking dumb human fucking feelings he has. <laughs> but it's normal. But it's a normal feeling. It's normal for these fucking weak people to fucking feel these dumb emotions. Slug's been amped up for some reason. <laughs> like no one attacked him, and he's just mad. The long game man finally got me up. Like fuck you, Phil. How dare you? <laughs> oh, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 I see your point. I agree with that because it is like that's why I was thinking when I was reading it. It's like, but like, what could you have done? But it wasn't important to them. It was just about the the fact that Superman died. But then he explains why he really is so upset about this. Well, before he says that, before he explains why, he says Ryan says he went to go see to Metropolis to uh, meet Superman's widow, and Superman says. My power was in Bachelor. Bibbo says. <laughs> Superman's dead. Bibbo says that. Wait, uh, Bibbo says, My power was in Bachelor. Nobody here wear a ball and chain. He's filmed. <laughs> what? Uh, the old whipping chain, you know? The old whipping chain. Uh, <laughs> oh, That's Superman. such a throwback joke. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks about, like, I'm Superman, but I'm really Clark Kent. Yeah. But, um, so then. Ryan Lynch is like, uh, <laughs> my own man ditched us when months ago. Like, he didn't care no more. He always said he never should have gotten married, and and we got dumped. But then a complete stranger like Superman comes along and stands up for us. Superman died fighting for us while my own father was nowhere to be seen. So it really shows that, like, for a lot of people in the world, he's not just, like, this, like, abstract hero. He's, like, he 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 does what the people in your life sometimes fail to do for you. Even this guy's, this kid's dad left him, but this stranger is willing to literally come and die to save his family, which is, you know, it, it's really, it's a good scene, because this kid, it really pissed me off in the death of Superman, um, but... Ryan Lynch really pissed me off every day, too. <laughs> yeah. But after I found out, uh, after I saw, you know, Ryan regret that Daryl came in and saved his life, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, 
I was like, you know, it's he's I, he's good. He's a good character. <laughs> I, can, I can make a podcast with him and I'll punch his face in. <laughs> also, does his baseball cap say guns? <laughs> yeah, it actually says Make America Great Again. It's probably a, a Guns N' Roses baseball cap. It just says guns, though. Yeah, well, they don't have the rights for Guns N' Roses. <laughs> but uh, we come back to um, Lois and uh, Lana and their reunion. They, they talk about how um, they have to be quiet, uh, even though Superman's dead, because um, everyone will be swarming them for and the people that Superman knew for news stories about him. And Clark wanted privacy, so he'll have it even now. It, it was. It's neat that they decide to respect his dying wishes. Yeah, yeah. They have, like they have to continue this uh... facade. Yes, yeah. I was looking for the word. All I could think and... about was elongated man. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to a bunch of like Justice League members showing up to f- fulfill some of those letters that Superman got sent. So, like... and one of them goes to meet the Outrun Lynch's, uh Dead be dead. Yeah, you kind of figured out from context clues that this is yeah. uh, Mitch's dad. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know your family was basically wrecked by Doomsday? Right, I didn't know your dad had a pedal stash. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it gets longer in the, in the next few pages. One thing that's really interesting is he's like, I haven't talked to them for weeks. Like, they make it seem like he left them, like, years ago. Apparently <laughs> he, like, just went away, like, two months ago. Well, no, but, but, but to be fair, they, in that last issue, they do say, uh, Mitch does say that... Uh, he left recently, and he wants he wants he's in the process of getting a divorce now. Like, oh, okay. Like they, they, you're they right, you're right. clear, like he's in the process of getting divorced. Um, and then we just see a bunch of other things, like you know, uh, Nightwing delivering Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah. The 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 woman who like lost contact with her son, Guy Gardner, like teleports or he picks him up with his ring and flies away with him. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, uh, they build a uh, golden statue to Superman. Oh yeah, well, at the funeral they had a golden statue for Superman ready for him. Right. Yeah. And they're like, uh, just like all dictators. It's Superman standing up and with one arm outstretched, and there's a eagle landing on it. It does look a little dictatory. And just like all uh, dictators, the final scene of the issue is, uh, you know, people, uh, the people tearing down the statue and saying, "Viva la revolución!" And uh, they're like building a, uh, they're rebuilding the house for the family that got destroyed, the man baby. Get family. another appearance of the man baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. Uh, he looks okay. He looks, he looks okay. a little bit man big. Looks man A little bit, a little bit. But they had they had basically side by side to show uh, Mitch at, at, at Superman's uh, statue, mourning, and while the the Justice League is rebuilding his mom's house. I love this too because this contractor's like to the Justice League. Can you really build a house in a day? And it's like. <laughs> this is the Flash and Green Lantern. <laughs> like, yeah, if and, uh, and Green Lantern says we have the means if you can provide the expertise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so then we just see uh, people coming together for the holidays, people's wishes being fulfilled. The dad is brought back by one. Uh, confirmation: the hat does say guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out these guns. He puts <laughs> up his arms. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I I want to point out they bring back Ryan Lynch's dad, and he reunites with Ryan Lynch's mom. It's like, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for being an asshole. Yeah, she says, "Yeah, when you left us, I swore I'd get by on my own. You said you didn't love us anymore." He says, "That's not true." When I realized that if not for Superman, I would have lost you all. I want things to work, Claire. I want us to be a family again. As a child, as a child of divorced parents, that's not the way it works. That guy, that guy <laughs> yeah. is a deadbeat dad, and he is gonna leave again. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like this ending because in real, real life, it would have been more powerful if like they just had learned to do, like they just fix the house. Because in real life, you don't just get your dad back. You don't... Especially with not like it's not like the they it's not like the parents had a talk about what wasn't working in their relationship. It's like 
once this traumatic event happened, all of a sudden I love you again. What was really cool is Ryan Lynch, too, the Mitch, the kid, decides it's like, I'll have to, Ryan Mitch. I'll get home and I'll get along better with my mom, which was what should have happened. He should have learned to appreciate his mother. But it's one of those where it's like, it's almost like too happy and cheerful. Yeah, like, I agree. It, it should have been about like, you need to continue enduring just like the, um... The Kents are and Lois Lane and Lana Lang are. I agree. Like that, that, yeah. the, 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 and especially since his dad, something like that was looking for them, and they, the ones were walking in. He was like, "Oh yeah, I have kids. I have kids in the." Yeah, he's like, "Oh yeah, I have." <laughs> when when I'm dragged there by a superhero, I like it's not it's not or it's not natural at all. They don't have any. And also, he's surrounded. He's still surrounded by these superheroes as he's basically forced to give his speech at gunpoint. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love you, family. Yeah, he's like, no, no, I love you. I didn't cheat <laughs> on you. Don't Does worry. Does Mitch about it. disappear after this? He's never in it again, right? He's never in it again. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. They live happily ever after. Ryan goes off to uh, uh, college, and then he fucking grows up a bit. And <laughs> starts a podcast. Um, and then we get the, the, the send us off to the shittier issues of this we, story We arc. get the zinger. Uh, yeah, where... <laughs> you mean stinger, not zinger. But anyway, uh, the cabinet shows up and steals from his body. One of the ones no, that... Oh, yeah, they are stealing it, yeah. 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 And, and then it's like, oh... Stay tuned next time. The issue you really want to see, not about grieving with and dealing with loss, a fight scene over a Superman's body. Like, <laughs> well, Join next time when he, the story jumps the shark, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the listeners have something to look forward to. Yes. Join in next time for when we jump the shark. <laughs> oh, we already did that. Like, episode five, we already five. did it. Yeah, this, this yeah episode God. one. When we got Phil on this show, that's when we jumped the shark. When we got Daryl, we jumped the shark. You're right. We need Joe back. <laughs> So we're trying to we're trying out maybe like more spread out format to really get into why we hate each other so much like elongated man. <laughs> Let us know what you guys think. If you want us to be more concise or if you want more kind of off the cuff tangent stuff, let us know cuz we, you know, we're not it's not like we recorded this a year ago. We can adjust. We also don't know no. what we're doing so we need help. Yeah. Yeah, like all the other podcasts are like, they went to school for podcasting. They're like, I know what I'm doing. Maybe. Maybe. No. <laughs> no. No. No, no. Okay, so we'll save the recap page for after part two. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Or like our general thoughts on the whole arc when we're yeah. done with the arc. How are you guys feeling so far? I think it was pretty good so far. I like the first half a lot. Yeah. I like it too. I, I, I still think that there's a lot of ups and downs in it. Where it's like, I feel like the death of superman was all full of like this is really cool and you should read it for here it'd be weird to recommend this if it's like i want to know what it's like when like a superhero dies how people like deal with that grief because it's more about like how the 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 society around superman like all of his friends all of his enemies like how they're dealing with it instead of like more more general ideas like those are in there but they're not given a lot of time yeah definitely it's still very comic-y. And yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it's that. weaker than yeah. uh, uh, death, but I still would have liked it if it kept this tone throughout, but it doesn't. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, I hope you guys are stoked for the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Just just, uh, just to give you guys a little teaser, there's a telepathic seal. Uh, <laughs> and there's also a man in just his undies out in the rain. And uh, we didn't even get to Newsboy Legion yet. Oh, yeah. shit. And, and, <laughs> more Guardian. Yeah. Lots. In fact, lots, yeah, lots of, Guardian. of Guardian. Okay, uh, so, first time in a long time, we have time for a letter. We have to literally cut our show in half to have time for it. <laughs> All right. So, the question is, 
Hey guys, I've been reading comics for only a few years, and I've barely read anything not published in the last few years, especially anything in the greater Marvel DC universes. If I should start reading older comics, why and which? I like Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Green Lantern at the moment. I don't really have any desire to read older comics. Uh, most things I've read, ha- or most things I've read e- either started or rebooted recently, so I don't feel like I'm missing out. Basically, I need you to tell me whether I should feel guilty about missing decades worth of comics. P.S. Has anyone read The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay? I have not either. Which I have not. I have not. I have not either. It's apparently a historical fiction about two comic writers during the NYC comic boom in the 1940s. So this is kind of a question, I guess, from more for me and Ryan, because I don't think Daryl and Phil is better than me. Hey, I, I liked the uh, early X-Men. Oh, oh yeah, like you the did. Uncanny X-Men stuff. So, uh, so I, the one thing that I want to address is when people say older comics, some people are talking about, like, the 90s. Some people are talking about, like, the I think he's, talk, he's talking about reboots and stuff. I think it's just something like, oh, I'm just going off, like, the New 52 and, like, Marvel Now stuff and, like, going from there. Yeah. Which I think is a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, to quote Joe, everyone, not, well, Joe didn't come up with this idea of everyone's comic is someone's first comic. But I was very much, like... I got to start from the beginning. I don't want to miss anything. I'm going to be so confused. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, that's how I feel with a lot of media where I'm like, I want to start at the beginning for this. But but old co-host Joe brought up something that sticks has stuck with me for years where he said, think about when you meet somebody in real life, you're, you don't know their whole story right away. You kind of just jump in where they're at and you pick up clues as you go along. Now, when you talk about the fucking Newsboy Legion, obviously that's not as possible as like learning about somebody's like romantic history. But I do like the idea of kind of, there are jump on points, but I don't think you have to start at the beginning as much as I used to. Especially because in a lot of comic book characters, the beginning's like mm-hmm. not accessible yep. at all. Because it like. Well, my opinion is. Uh, I know I, I feel I, I feel like I'm increasingly in the minority here, but I love the history of a lot of comics. Like I I I, I like I do appreciate that new new books are more uh, ditch all the old stuff and just act like none of it really matters and just uh, tell a complete story in of itself. But I I feel if you just stick to the modern stuff, there's a lot of uh, stories. I'm not saying to avoid old. Well, that's stuff. like the jig's asking, like, why should I feel good about reading old stuff? And I'm saying, there's, there's a lot, like, reason why I love old stuff is because I feel like a lot of character status quo is like, there's very few characters I find their current status quo to be their peak. Like, just for example, X Men. If you're interested in X Men at all, the era that most people would think of when they think of X Men is easily like the uh, late '90s, like the early '90s. I mean, or the late '80s. Like the characters you know are from that era usually like the cartoon era if you read the modern comics you'll see all these characters like pixie and rock slide and uh and status quo is very different like emma is dating cyclops cyclops and wolverine are like the, the new professor x and magneto they're having a civil war half the mean population is dead and you're like what the fuck is happening <laughs> and like so if you go for a status quo you're familiar with you're not going to get that with some modern comics and um, that's true, that's and true. I think some status quo are more interesting. Like I think Green Lantern was more interesting uh, like five years ago when he, he got kind of rebooted by Jeff Johns. And I thought he was also really interesting when he got in, in the 90s when... Uh, he was rebooted by Jeff Johns like 10 years ago. Yeah, so 10 right. years ago. <laughs> but like now now I think uh, now I think the modern stuff is... Wait, 10 years ago wasn't the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're old, right? But like I feel like like in the, in the 90s, for example, uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, the most famous one. Like now... Uh, that how Jordan we see now is like in the fucking movies is fucking Ryan Reynolds kind of shit which I don't really like at all 
but uh, in the '90s, he was more like the wise and veteran. That's my favorite Green Lantern style. Yeah, mine too. too. And because of of, of his moral uh, code, he actually went against the Guardians and had a, and actually murdered most of them because they refused to help him in an event we'll talk about probably at some point. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> But uh, it's, you can look it up, like Green Lantern history. If, if it's uh, like it's, well, it's not even canon anymore. But that's what I mean. Like it's not longer canon. No, but so you're talking about all this history, and like it can be really interesting. But is it worth to actually sit and read through so many okay. comics? Here's here's the thing. There's eras that are really really good. He mentions Hulk specifically. Hulk is a character that when he first got introduced, his first miniseries isn't great by any means. And but. Pretty soon after that, Stanley does some really, really interesting stuff with him. I think when you read older comics, a lot of them stand up really, really well as stories. Like we talked about, he mentions Doctor Strange too. Stanley's Doctor Strange rules. It's awesome. Yeah. But like Hulk is, you, I think when you read older stories, you have to have a little more patience because like the first six issues of Hulk are pretty boring, and then it. The first six issues of Hulk, by the way, it was before those even introduced the element of Hulk. Um, Turning, turning into Hulk because he was mad. It was, it, it, like the, it was really the testing phases. Of he the turned right? into the Hulk at night, and he was more like a really, <laughs> he was more like a literal Jekyll and Hyde character. Oh, yeah. Like Hulk was like Hulk was like an actually smart creature who wanted to destroy humanity. It wasn't until the main, the, the first series ended and and Stanley started a second one that they also made Hulk more childlike. That a character wants to be left alone. And also, a lot of the older stuff has much more radical status quo shifts. Like, think about comic book characters now. Look at early Spider-Man. He's only in high school for, like, 20 issues. And then he graduates and goes to college and totally changes his look, his supporting cast. You don't really see that anymore. Like, Batman's going to have the same supporting characters. They might introduce a new one, but they're never going to stick. Yeah, and Batman's, like, the same age. Yeah. And also Phil's asking, uh, is it worth reading those stories? Like, was it worth reading Death of Superman film? Yes. They, they, they rebooted this this the format too, and the new version sucks. Like most of the new rebooted versions suck. Like the so you're talking, you're saying specific arcs are worth reading. Yeah, like all. if you, I'd say if you hear even like if you hear a uh, arc or run, and it sounds interesting, uh, give it a shot. Like yeah. Death Superman, yeah. give it a shot, and that's how I got into old comics because I read Death Superman, then I read Return of Superman, and that kind of got me into 90s Superman. That's Kind of, right. Like, I mean, I can agree. Like, uh, uh, what you were saying before, Ryan, like, you know, you got to get to know people or whatever. I think that works to an extent, but I don't want to just pick up a random comic and start reading at any point. Like, I, I'm okay going back and reading a story arc. Like, that's okay yeah, for Well, me. in the age of the internet, <clears throat> we're not going to the comic book store and pulling a random issue out of a box. Like, right. you go to a forum and or a podcast and they recommend things. Yeah. You know, and like, that's... I don't think... I think the stigma that's people are intimidated by the history I think is overshadowed that most comics you can pick up if you pick up a trade you generally have a pretty good idea what's going on like even all the crazy confusing stuff that happens in this book that we're talking about today it's still I was never like I'm so lost it might be silly or take me out of it a little bit but I wasn't like throwing the book away because I had no idea what was going on I was fuck this book (laughs) And, like, I think you shouldn't be as intimidated by old stuff, but I also think you shouldn't be as, like, avoiding of it. Because a lot of, like, I was the same way where I was like, I don't want to read comics from the 60s. And then, like, I took recommendations from the internet, and, like, some of it's really, really good. You know, some of it's terrible, but some of it's really good. And also just to uh, help, uh, because Jake's asking, uh, he likes Hulk, Doctor Strange, Green Lantern. Uh, Like we mentioned, Hulk, you can pretty much pick up Marvel Masterworks number one, Central Hulk number one. Uh, just pick up the the first. Hulk They're doing story. epic collections now of the early stuff, and that's yeah. The, so the epic collection. There's, there's a lot of ways to pick up the, the early Hulk issues. 
The first five issues are rough, then it starts getting good, then it gets really good. Then you can stop when Stanley lives, leaves, and you can decide from there where you want to pick up again. But and uh, Doctor Strange is similar. Uh, uh, his his run doesn't start out as bad as Hulk, but it starts out pretty decent. Then he has a big uh, fifteen issue arc. That's one of the first like mass massive epic stories in comics. Like during the era where every story was like a one and done, and that's when Doctor Strange really picks up on Stanley's run. And I don't know about Green Lantern. Green Lantern as well. Green Lantern. I, if it's not Denny O'Neill, don't read anything before like nineteen eighty five. Like I'll recommend picking up Emerald Dawn one and two. I think. Yeah, okay? and then maybe good... Emerald Twilight, which is a story I mentioned where Hal murders people. I agree. <laughs> and then maybe you could pick. And then my highest recommendation for my favorite one of my favorite Green Lantern stories is a story that they could never do now. It's the last one, the Testament of Hal Jordan, and that's that's a perfect example of why I think. Where all comics were visiting because the status—it's a status quo that isn't even accepted nowadays. But yeah. that story cannot be written any other time. One of the things that I do have to warn about people when they read older stuff: a lot of it is hard to find because trades go out of print or stuff has never been collected. And and DC treats it, DC assumes people are treating it like the way Jacob treats it, where they don't want to be the old stuff. They want to be new stuff. well. They they've been getting a lot better, but generally, like, don't get discouraged when you can't find things. And I, you know, there's other ways to find things. Never give up. Never give up hope. <laughs> Superman yeah. wouldn't. He would always look for the comic. Yeah, yeah. I think if some Sly really hit the nail on the head, go on Wikipedia. If that seems interesting to you, go check it out. Comicsology. You could buy issues for like a dollar. Yeah. Comicsology you know. is a good example because it's online. You can buy it for like a dollar an issue, probably. Yeah, basically. Cool. Okay, so anybody else have anything to say? Uh, I hate this podcast. How does Dal feel about old comics? Because you didn't. Uh, well, I didn't have that much to add because I don't know. I don't know a lot about Hulk, <laughs> Green Lantern, or Doctor Strange. No, but I'm asking. <laughs> but I'm curious. Like, do you agree with, with like Phil was kind of persuaded by my submit example? Like, do you agree with Jake that there's no reason to go back? I mean, or, it or depends what? on what kind of person you are. If you're a person more like Sly, where it's like I really like I need to know the history in order to understand the nuance and the um, what's being referenced in the future. That's really important for you to do too. But it, like. Are, are, I mean, it, like I said, just it depends on what kind of person, like what you look forward to in a comics. Yeah. Do you want to understand everything, or do you want a good tale told to you that you might not pick up every panel? I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a continuity junkie, but I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'm a lot more like I'm a lot more like I don't give those books out as much. They're more for my collection, and when I recommend them to people, it's generally like, oh, you've already read a bunch of modern stuff with the characters. Here's some yeah. more history stuff. And like I said, like I said, Daryl, like I recognize like more and more that I'm not, not everyone's like me in that, in that regard. That. Not everyone loves history as much as me, clearly. <laughs> the good thing about comics is you don't have to pick. There's modern stuff, there's old stuff, there's millions of comic books to read. Yeah. And more comic, comics nowadays are more tailored to newer fans where you don't have to read anything before then. Yeah. Cool. So I want to give a quick plug to the Comrade Radio Network, our overmasters. And I realize that it's been a very long time since Daryl guested on the Comrade Radio News Show, and I don't think we mentioned it. <laughs> Not even I mentioned it. Oh, yeah, we did. Wait, we have Phil guests already. Yeah. So Phil's going to be on either soon or just recently. But Daryl did an episode. Uh, Ryan from the new show Tales from the Static did an episode recently. It's a great show. If you like our show and want to sample some more shows from the network but don't know where to start, the format is just Malcolm our supreme overlord talking to Hell Hydra. another host from any show yeah Hell Hydra. and it's it's great it's one of my favorite shows on the network and you get a nice sample of a lot of different 
conversations and a lot of different it's, topics. It's fun if you want to hear like two people's opinions just on one certain like specific aspect. Unlike unlike this show where we talk about everything and fucking talk to each other all the time. Yeah, it's much more of a uh, conversation than it is like a structured. This we're gonna go through yeah. this story, or you know, we're gonna play this game or whatever. And I, I I'm a big fan. So and and as always, rate and review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. A couple secret people have been listening to us on Stitcher, and I love seeing our Stitcher numbers go from zero to <laughs> two. The secret people. <laughs> Well, I don't know. If it's you, tell me. I'll, it'll make me feel good. It's not. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, it's Divisive Issues on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And that's that's all I got. So, thank you guys for listening. We've been Divisive Issues. I'm Bibbo's Lonely Tears. I'm Hillary, I'm Hillary Rodham Clinton. I'm Hillary Rodham Clinton. I can't say it. Okay. I'm Hillary Rodham Clinton. Uh, I've been a purple raisin man. And I've been the guardian, aka Mr. Please Don't Punch My Boss. <laughs> it's not pronounced Rodham, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. Stay in continuity. <laughs> Podcasting Network.